This is the Reset MD podcast. We welcome you to join in on our conversations with fellow physicians. Many of us in medicine reach a point in our careers where we want to make a change, hit a reset button. Wouldn't it be nice to have some guidance from colleagues who'd been there too and have pearls of wisdom to share? These well-being conversations will cover a range of topics, thriving in medicine, physician health, burnout prevention, work-life integration, practice optimization, advocacy, and support. And we'll just have some fun doing it. Listen in and start your reset. Hello, welcome to the Reset MD podcast. Today, we are going to be talking with Dr. Faria Shafi, one of the co-creators of the podcast, alongside me and two other ACP Wellbeing Champions. She's the Missouri Chapter ACP Wellbeing Champion, among many other things. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Shafi. Thank you, Dr. McCrary. It's a pleasure to be here. I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit more about you and what's got you excited right now. So I am am an enthusiastic, innovative physician educator. I've been in academic medicine for a little over 15 years now and serve in a formal mentoring role at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. Um, I've been heavily involved with um, the ACP uh, Missouri chapter for a while now, and I lead the um, uh, wellness committee and the women in medicine committee of our chapter there. And uh, from there, it kind of led to a lot of other you know, offshoots of doing uh, wellness work. Additionally, um, I am pretty enthusiastic and excited about uh, taking diversity, equity, inclusion um, work outside of the realms of academia into the community. So I serve in a lot of positions um, of leadership within our um, community uh, where I live. Um, Additionally, my other favorite role is being a mom to two amazing kids. I'm a wife, um, a sister, and and the eldest daughter to um, these two amazing, amazing people who brought me to the world. So that's kind of the roles that I fit. Um, As far as what gets me excited right now, um, to be really honest, this has been one of the times where I've had to kind of really dig deep and figure that out. I think for a lot of us, the past two years have been very challenging and, um, you know, very stressful on a lot of levels. But I think I'm enthusiastic that there's hope for the future. Um, I just dropped off my kid off at college and I saw these amazing young people so excited um, about taking on the future, exchanging ideas. So I'm hopeful and excited about that. Uh, that there's hope yet. Um, And I'm really hopeful and excited that I think we've come to a point where we're more open about having a lot of conversations, which um, we hesitated about, especially in the realms of medicine. And I honestly, it's unfortunate to say that, but I'm thankful to COVID for that. I think it's allowed us to uh, be more forthright and forthcoming about, you know, depression, anxiety, physician burnout. And I think I've been more busy than ever uh, within the past two years, bringing awareness, you know, um, participating in, uh, you know, talks or sessions and kind of seeing how we can navigate that uh, space in that realm. So, yeah, I think that's what keeps me motivated and excited because I see hope for the future. 
Yeah, having that hope and and taking that interest in wellness and education and bringing that advocacy piece in it to really start to take us to where you want to be. So seeing that positive future. Absolutely. Well, here on the Reset MD podcast, as you know, as one of the (laughs) co-creators, we we really want to hear the authentic stories of our fellow physicians. And we came up with the idea of talking about possibly a reset, whether that's a soft reset, whether you've just kind of made a few changes to aid your wellness and where you want to be in your career and your life, or whether that was a huge pivot, like a, a hard reset. What's been a reset story for you that's helped bring you where you are today? Um, I would say uh, my recent story was like approximately seven years into uh, my career where I felt very stuck and very burnt out. Um, I felt like I had no way to navigate and figure out where um, you know, I wanted to be or how I wanted to get there. I knew that I wanted to, you know, promote within my chosen profession. I knew that I wanted leadership opportunities. I just didn't feel like there were any, or there was a way to get to them. And I, um, you know, I kind of felt like I didn't know how to, uh, you know, unstick myself out of all of this. I felt very, um, I, I, I feel like suffocated is a harsh word, but at that point, that's what it felt like. And now it seems like, oh, that was a little overly dramatic. But along with that, I think what also happened was um, I realized that there was this constant struggle between the mom in me and the professional in me. And um, sometimes I felt like, you know, I wasn't the only one, but then yet again, there wasn't a whole bunch of um, people like outlightly coming in, you know, supporting how you were feeling or allowing that space. And um, um, I, I felt frustrated. And it just so happened that uh, I was at a Missouri ACP meeting. And one of the meetings that I had attended after a very long time, uh, trying to fulfill my other responsibilities. So I went to an in-person meeting and our um, ACP governor, um, Dr. Richard Burns, he and I just started talking and he actually asked me, and I still remember, he said, you know, what are your passions? What do you want to do? You know, as a young ACP member. And I was like, does he seriously want to know or is it just one of those things and so I was like ah, oh, what do you have to lose so I told him you know I, I feel this way and I feel like you know we need to support each other and there are lots of ways to talk about these things in these spaces and help each other you know progress through our careers so on and so forth and he said well you know what they I don't know if you know about this but American College of Physicians has a well-being champions training and I think you would be the right person for it and this was not the inaugural year this was the year after and uh, it's in San Francisco so do you feel comfortable you know going at this date and I'm like really he's like yeah I think you should do this I think it's the right fit for you and um, I got really excited and uh, landed in San Francisco and the rest is really history I loved attending that meeting I loved being surrounded by people who felt like me and who wanted to find solutions and I felt amazing that there were so many mentors you know before me you know talking about all these um, issues you know that I had felt stuck with but you know people were doing things about it people were aware of it they were developing programming around it and they were creating support for all of us and I 
you know, I came back so enthused in, um, I told uh, Dr. Burns, I was like, these are the things that I want to do. And I think we should have a wellness committee. And I think we should have um, every year, we should have a wellness talk and, you know, we can connect it with my women in medicine hat and, and not once has, I, do I remember him saying we could do this, but, and he's like, done, you come with ideas and we'll do it. And that to me was, you know, it was pivoting, right? But it was pivoting that I hadn't really thought of as intentionally. I always thought that my leadership, my progression, my fulfillment would only come in one space, in one realm, in one, you know, wearing one hat. And what I realized was I was really able to make a bigger mark, have a bigger impact and do more things that really were authentic, you know, to my own self, my true self of who I was and what I wanted to do. And so that kind of um, is my reset stories. I had to change that mindset about how I wanted to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. Instead of like banging at the same doors over and over again, I had to shift my focus and realize there were many other doors and windows and side doors um, that, you know, I, I could access and, um, you know, do what I wanted to do. So that was that. The other, I, I think the other harder reset for me, when I talk about, you know, being stuck between, you know, the mother role and the professional role, which happens to a lot of uh, women, I'm sure it happens to men too, but I know that it's much more studied in women, especially in our profession. I think it was, you know, not feeling guilty and then not feeling resentful, kind of like trying to find that balance. And what I think for me, it was like, talking to myself and really coming to this realization of which role was pivotal to me and what I wanted to focus on, number one. And I think when I made that peace with myself, um, it was a lot easier. It took so much stress and so much angst out of me because, you know, thinking hard about it, I realized no matter what comes my way or what opportunities may come, I am always going to weigh them as a mom first and the professional second. And I always used to feel guilty and bad about that. Um, it was always like, you know, you've worked so hard to get where you are and you have all these, um, you know, talents or things to give back. Um, and, you know, is being a mom holding me back? And I think once I made my peace with, that is still what I want to be my number one thing. It made life a lot easier. And what I realized is actually once the guilt part and the fighting part freed me of my own um, angst and I kind of made peace with it, everything was so much easier. I was able to like, um, you know, schedule time, define what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. And um, I think that has really helped. I think it has helped me accomplish more. It has helped me have more conversations with my family um, and at home to figure out, you know, how I want to navigate that. And it always brings me back to something that one of my most favorite mentors, uh, Dr. Rebecca Pauly, she always says this to me. She's like, it doesn't mean that you can't have it all. You can have it all. It's just not possible to have it all at one time. That's what burns you out. So as long as you navigate when you're comfortable with having all of those things, you're going to be okay. And I think that has really been, you know, the mantra that I live by. If, if you, if I get like four or five opportunities and I'm like, all right, which one of these fits with what I'm doing, you know, in my personal life, 
right now and my professional life and, you know, my community leader life, what can I take on? Um, it really helps me make that decision and it really helps me, um, you know, offset everything else that's on my plate. So I'm always putting whatever adds value to my life, to others' life, to who I am as a person, as opposed to just piling stuff on and, you know, getting everything lost somewhere. You, uh, gosh, talk about pearls of wellness wisdom there. So we'll, we'll, we'll dive into those a little bit more, but it just, it sounds like, as you said, you, you came to a piece where you, um, that feeling of being stuck kind of dissipated once you really determined what your priorities were, that you saw there were kind of other ways to really live out your passions rather than the way that you thought you were kind of banging your head against the doors and they weren't opening and just a you know just an authentic conversation with with a person who had your best interest at heart and and helped you move forward so I think aligning your priorities and having those authentic conversations with people really seemed to help you help you make some of those pivots in a way that really supported you and and ultimately you're supporting so many other people in their wellness and your advocacy roles now. Yeah. And it's not, you know, the the one thing that you have to realize it's not that others don't want to help you or don't, you know, feel like you deserve whatever. It's just that sometimes those opportunities don't exist at that particular time. You know, somebody might already be in that space. Somebody might already be in that role. And then you sit and you feel like, oh, you know, just because this is already in place, I will never make it there. And I think that that's the mindset that we have to change is that there are other ways and means to accomplish what we want to. And you just, I think once we, um, kind of look beyond that curtain that descends on us, the curtain of doom, as I call it, um, especially during the seven-year itch, you know, if, you, if your goals, oh my gosh, this was my seven-year or five-year plan or seven-year plan, it hasn't happened. And I think that's, that's the reason, that's the big thing that we have to focus on is if it's not this way, there are other opportunities and other ways to do things. And that's what you have to realize. What, um, what other things have you done for yourself, either in your career or your personal life, that really has supported your wellness along the way? Um, I think writing um, about what I feel. Um, and I think, you know, that kind of really took off during the pandemic. I used to write prior to that also, but I finally, during the pandemic, found the courage, um, actually in conversations with my son, um, to get it out in the open. And um, I always, you know, again, we're, we're 200 times harsher on, our, our, on ourselves than our mentees or whoever else we're guiding. And I was like, I don't know, I don't think I'm the best writer in the world and so on and so forth. And my son was like, you gotta start somewhere. I'll help you edit, go for it. So I think penning down my feelings when I was, you know, angry or upset or felt like, you know, people needed to hear our side of the story. I think that really helped. Um, and, you know, the, whether it was like things like pub, getting published in Kevin MD or writing, you know, short stories and sharing it on my Facebook uh, page and trying to, you know, get the community involved and understand what was happening. I think that really helped. And actually it was meant in such a positive way. That's the other mindset that I've had to change. You always assume people will be upset or angry or won't 
you know, um, or God knows how this will be re uh, received. And um, it, the receive has gen uh, the reception has generally been very, very positive. And at least it has been, it has done its job. It has allowed me to have a conversation. So that's been really good. Um, in addition to that, you know, I've been um, trying to, um, if, if I've had opportunities where people have wanted me to come give a talk and speak or be on a podcast or something like that, I have been more open to those that that was always something that I used to kind of shy away from. Um, and it's, it, it's been really great. I, I feel like getting a lot of that um, out in the open and truly to just be having conversations with these amazing people who I've learned so much from that has really happened. The other thing is like I was always heavily involved with ACP advocacy on a lot of issues, but during this time, I think all these skill sets that I learned through my professional career, I have been able to transform and bring them forward into my community. So as a community leader, whether, you know, I'm serving on, you know, a board of some kind of scholarship or whether I'm serving on the school's diversity, equity, inclusion committee or something else like that, I realized that what I have learned from my academic realm has such a huge implication on the community that one doesn't necessarily need a master's in public health to be able to make that impact. You know, my mindset, you know, coming as a first generation immigrant here has always been like a degree, another degree, or, you know, another title is what gets you to that role to be able to have that impact. And I realized that not to be true. And so that's, those have been the other things that I've gotten myself involved in. And I have really, really enjoyed um, having those conversations and really getting that opportunity to, number one, hear the other person's perspectives or the other side's perspectives, and really having an opportunity for a discourse and conversation in the end with the end goal of making our communities better, whether that's in you know, uh, the hospital setting or an academic setting or whether that's in our community. So those are the kind of things that I've been doing. And my most favorite thing right now is um, getting this Reset MD podcast off the ground with four, uh, you know, with the three of you and all four of us really trying to get um, this brain trust of amazing women and men across the country who have lots of wisdom to share with us on what to do about maintaining our wellness and uh, finding that balance. I love all of that. And I think it's going to be amazing. I think so too. Let's do a few rapid fire questions and okay. then we'll finish up with some take home points for our listeners. Okay. So what, what's on your bedside table right now? Um, it's a book called, This Is Going to Hurt. I forget the author. It was recommended by one of my students and it's kind of like a funny satirical um, book, but it's nice. I mean, I haven't gotten gone through it, but it's, it's, it's a fun book to read. So that's what I'm reading right now. The I'll other one, it you, yes, it's a good one. And um, um, the other one is the one about the invisible women and how uh, women in the workplace um, are kind of not noticed. So that's been the other one. I read it a long time ago, but I'm kind of doing revision too for a, a, a panel discussion. So yeah. So a little bit of fun reading, a little bit of uh, work research there. Yes, yes, both. What's been a moment of joy for you recently? Um, it's really been um, cutting the cord on um, 
a certain level. So I actually just dropped my eldest off to college. It feels like a milestone. It's something that, you know, you think about, you cry about, you worry about. And um, it was a great feeling. I, you know, I was upset. I cried a lot. But um, every time we FaceTime, um, you know, you realize that you must have done something right. This kid is, is starting to adjust and they're doing fine. So that's been really good. Um, and realizing that your younger kid, and my, my kids are very, very closely attached, is not falling apart and is just continuing to um, be this amazing, um, you know, kid who is finding her own self uh, coming outside the older sibling's shadows. It's kind of been lovely watching it. I thought it would be, again, a lot worse. I thought emotionally it would be very difficult to deal with, but it, it's a happy time, I think. I feel happy. I feel content. And last rapid fire question, what's been a gratifying moment for you in your medical career? I think, uh, and this is gonna sound like I'm tooting my own horn, um, but it was uh, winning the Excellence in Mentoring Award for my institution. And I think the reason I found that to be a gratifying moment was because this is an award that's chosen by your mentees. Your peers don't nominate for you, your mentees do. And um, realizing that so many of these people who felt impacted by my mentorship and felt that I deserved or, you know, to have a piece of their time where they put together this entire nomination and um, then, you know, they read out some of the letters that were written to the dean and the nominating committee. I was like bawling my eyes out, but that was really gratifying because, you know, sometimes we get into a ruckus of um, doing something and you feel like this is what you're supposed to do. And, you know, it's our, it's our responsibility and it's our job. And looking at it from another lens um, is just I don't know. I think that's what really keeps me going. And, you know, hearing that um, what you do really has long term implications and it's really continuing to help people in the way that they live their lives. Um, it's just to me that has been the biggest and the most gratifying thing of my career is um, the impact that I've had on my mentees. I love that. Well, Dr. Shafi, if you would, there's a lot of great information, what we just talked about. Is there a way to kind of put that down into maybe three take-home points for our listeners today? Um, so my, my first take-home point always is that, especially in our profession, medicine is a part of your life. It's not your entire life. So I tell that to my students and all my mentees all the time. And sometimes they find it extremely odd since I think for a lot of them, I'm always at work. Uh, but to me, that's really important is, um, yeah, realize that it's a part of your life. Don't let it consume you. Um, the second part is always find something that fulfills you outside of your profession, no matter what that profession is. Find a hobby, um, find an opportunity or find some kind of an interest out of it outside of it and I love travel and music and even if it's like just singing my lungs out in my basement it lifts me up and I think it's important to do so find joy outside of your professional life and give it a consistent amount of time just like we schedule everything else it's extremely important to schedule time for your hobbies and I would say um, last but not the least is um, 
I'm trying to think there were two uh, that, I, but I'm going to cut it down to three. And last but not the least is, you know, as we're um, kind of like embarking uh, upon this journey, um, figure out a time, figure out a way to maybe journal what you're feeling. Um, and I think it's important, especially at times where you feel like you've accomplished something good. I feel like my um, journaling and writing and a lot of this always used to happen when I was upset and angry. And when you want to reflect back on things, that's probably not a healthy way to go about doing it. Oh, let me look at some positive things. But yeah, write about your feelings. If you're not a writer, you know, make a voice note. But it is much more important to um, date your successes or, you know, tabulate your successes in some way. So when that time comes, when you're feeling down, you have something to look forward to. I have now started to keep a little um, uh, journal, not exactly a journal, but a little file of cards or letters or comments that I get. And every time I feel low or I feel like, yeah, this is epic fail, I'm not doing well, I make it a point to go look through that and realize, no, that's not true. That, that this is just a bad time that I'm having. And there are many, many other good things that have come out of it. So try to focus on that. So that those would be the other three things that I, you know, the three main things that I would say is um, make sure that you have life outside your career, uh, make sure that you value things outside your career and, um, you know, give back. And that, that was my fourth point that I kind of went over, but give back. There is, and again, there's so much data and research to show that the amount of endorphins we release when we're doing positive things for others as opposed to doing them for ourselves um, is remarkably more. So give back and get involved in the community. And I think that it really, really helps um, to look at the bigger picture and help with things. Thank you so much. And I think being a part of this podcast is just another way to give back and to, Absolutely. And to share. So I'm so excited to be working on this with you and, and we'll have many more well-being conversations in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening in on this conversation at Reset MD. If you'd like to reach out to us and continue the conversation for well-being, email us at resetmdpodcast at gmail.com.